It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Gersetti back with you guys from Panthers Wire. We are mere days away from the NFL Combine, and guess what? Your boy is going to be there. I got word earlier this week that I have gotten credentials, and I'm very excited. Pretty little shocked. I was actually surprised that uh, someone like me is a credential, is, can now say I'm a cr- credentialed member of the media for the NFL Combine, but I will be in Indianapolis next week. It kind of makes up for me not being at the Senior Bowl this year. So I'm, I'm very excited. This will be my first time in Indianapolis, first time at the Combine. Uh, very excited to see just kind of the goings-on out there and uh, get a chance to see and hopefully talk to some of the coaches. Uh, Ron Rivera for... For those wondering, we'll speak uh, Thursday morning, I think at uh, about 10 o'clock, I believe it was. Uh, Marty Herney will not speak, though. So if you're hoping to hear from the general manager, well, I hate to burst your bubble, but you won't. It's just going to be Ron Rivera on Thursday. But uh, like I said, very, very excited to be there. So hopefully we'll get a chance to at least... Record an episode out there for you guys. Uh, just kind of my takeaways, what's going on, and you know, hopefully, hopefully I hear some things. It'd be nice to hear a little bit of buzz, but uh, we we shall see. But uh, nonetheless, like I said, very excited to very excited to be there. Uh, so catch up a little bit, couple couple notes, a uh, couple news and notes to catch up with on the Panthers. And I think we'll wrap up, wrap it up by wrapping up our salary cap talk. We, you know, we've been doing this, that series a little bit over the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, effectively we have two position groups left, but we might as well lump it into one because you know your special teams. You're effectively only looking at. We'll, we'll just talk about like the the kickers. You know, the kicker, the punter, the long snapper. So we'll lump them in with the defensive backs. So that'll kind of wrap up that series. Uh, but a couple notes before we get into that. First, a signing this week by the Panthers is Damian Parms is back with the Panthers. He signed a one-year contract to stay with the Panthers. He was an exclusive rights free agent, effectively meaning the only team really he could sign with was Caroline, and so he did. Uh, he was on injured reserve last season, though, with a shoulder injury. Uh, it's already been a few years. It's hard to believe that Parms has been in the league. He's actually been in the league since 2015 when he was an undrafted rookie. Uh, the Panthers are actually his third team already that he spent time with in the NFL. He's also been with the Falcons and the Bills. Uh, but again, not hasn't you haven't really seen much from him. He was on the practice squad in 2017 and injured reserve last season. But you know, definitely a guy 
the Panthers seem to like as far as developing and hoping to, you know, maybe get some reps this this offseason and preseason. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Parms. But he is back for a one-year deal. And a little bit of coaching news in Carolina as Jake Peets has been named running backs coach. Uh, of course, the backstory to that is that longtime coach Jim Skipper announced his retirement earlier this week. Uh, he's been with he had been with the Panthers for 15 of the past 17 seasons as their running backs coach. 70 years old. He he announced his retirement like like we said earlier. Um, obviously, he's overseen a lot and you know kind of taken from what Brian Strickland wrote over at Panthers.com about Skipper, how he basically overlooked a lot of good rushing seasons in Carolina. We know the the old duo that you had of Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams, uh, nine different. Thousand yard rushers under Skipper's tutelage, um, including Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey last season. Uh, he's he's been with the, he's been with the NFL over thirty two seasons with five different teams. You know, quite amazing. And uh, f- fifteen out of seventeen years, so you figure also. Uh, I believe he was there with guys like Deshaun Foster. Uh, he's been with, was it? He, it says the one year he didn't coach in the NFL after making his debut was in 2001. That was when he was head coach of the San Francisco Demons of the XFL. Of course, the one and only season at the time of the XFL. We know that league is returning next year, hopefully a lot better than it was the first time around. Uh, Then he he came to the Panthers in 2002. Uh, He actually started his NFL career way back in 1986 with the New Orleans Saints. Then then spent one season with the Cardinals in 1996, and then four seasons with the Giants before uh, coming over to the Panthers. Spent most of it. Spent most of his time with the Panthers. Like I said, 15 out of 17 years. Those two years that he wasn't with Carolina was 2011 and 2012, when he was coaching Chris Johnson of the Tennessee Titans. This. Is this, of course, was after Chris Johnson had rushed for 2,000 yards. Uh, so Skipper is out as, or he is, uh, he is retired as coach. We obviously wish him the best. Jake Freitz, or Jake Peets, excuse me. I don't know where I got Freitz from. Jake Peets has been named the new running backs coach of the Panthers. He's 35 years old. Uh, he has nine years of NFL experience, having been with three other franchises before he came to the Panthers this year, as well as some college experience. Uh, he actually comes to the Panthers 
from Alabama. He spent last season as an offensive analyst at the University of Alabama under coach Nick Saban, a spot he also held in 2013. And that so he was part of an offense that led the SEC in yards and points per game. Uh, as far as his NFL experience goes, he began in the NFL in 2008 with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he spent five seasons there until 2012. And again, he went to Alabama in 2013, came back to the NFL in 2014 with the Washington Redskins, and then spent 2015, 16, and 17 with the Oakland Raiders before going back to Alabama in 2018. And now 2019, he is the running backs coach of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he says, a couple quotes from him, he says, quote, My wife and I are really excited to bring our family here to Charlotte and work with Coach Rivera and Mr. Herney. It's a great opportunity with a very good, or very good organization, an opportunity to grow, and it's a special privilege to be able to follow somebody like Coach Skipper given his contributions to this league, unquote. And then he went on to talk a bit about Christian McCaffrey saying, quote, he's obviously a player that is very dynamic and has a special skill set. This is a player's league, and there are some great players here. It's exciting to get an opportunity to work with him and the other guys that will be competing here, unquote. Uh, and, then, and then they have a little bit more of his some of his roles that he had with the NFL. He's actually been a, a quarterback's coach. In the past, he was an assistant quarterbacks coach with the Raiders in 2016 and then quarterbacks coach in 2017. So obviously working very closely with Derek Carr. Uh, he originally started as a senior offensive assistant in 2015. And that was the year that Latavius Murray had over a thousand yards rushing and six touchdowns and earned Pro Bowl honors. Uh, the one year he was with Washington, he was an offensive quality control and assistant wide receivers coach. Uh, and they make note that Deshaun Jackson in that year, 2014, led the, led the NFL with almost 21 yards per reception and led the Redskins in receiving with 1,169 receiving yards. Uh, his coaching career, again, began in... Well, he actually started as a scouting assistant with the Jaguars in 2008. Then was the team's Blesto Scout, which is essentially like the, the big scouting service in the NFL. He was the Jaguars' Blesto Scout in 2010 and 11, and then was an offensive assistant and assistant quarterbacks coach in 2012. Uh, his actual coaching career began at the college level, starting at Santa Barbara City College in 2006 and then at UCLA in 2007. So that's a little backstory on the new running backs coach, Jake Peets. And one more note before we get into the, uh, the cornerbacks and secondaries as far as the salary cap goes. Uh, speaking a little bit about the draft, as I, you know, with the, with the NFL Combine in sight, the compensatory picks were officially awarded yesterday by the NFL, and as expected, the Carolina Panthers received a third-round pick, which will be number 100 overall in the 2019 
NFL draft. Uh, we expected it to be a third round pick because because of basically the big contract that Andrew Norwell got from the Jaguars, and you know they they may have they did sign a couple free agents, obviously, but no one really big enough to cancel out, as it were, the value of Andrew Norwell. So uh, that value then turned into a third-round pick. Uh, there were actually seven third-round selections awarded by the NFL as far as compensatory picks, the Panthers being the fifth highest. Uh, the highest compensatory pick was number 97 overall. That was given to the Washington Redskins. Uh, not really surprised because obviously that was for Kirk Cousins after the big contract he signed with the Vikings. Uh, the New England Patriots actually received two third-round compensatory picks, one for Nate Solder, who signed with the Giants, and one for Malcolm Butler, who signed with the uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Patriots also got what a maybe they didn't get one for Dion Lewis. Or no, they did get a sixth rounder for Dion Lewis. But again, because of the big contracts that Solder and Butler signed, and obviously playing time, because it's it's a formula based on salary and playing time and postseason honors. You know, we don't know the exact formula, but uh, there's guys over at OverTheCap.com that do a fantastic job of. Really give you an idea what the what the compensatory picks might look like, and he pretty much nailed the third round picks, uh, including a pair, like I said, for the Patriots, as well as a pair for the Los Angeles Rams, thanks to Tremaine Johnson who signed with the Jets, and Sammy Watkins, who of course signed with the Chiefs. Uh, the pan the Panthers pick falls behind the two picks for the Rams. But ahead of New England's pick from Malcolm Butler and Baltimore's pick, as they also got a third for Ryan Jensen. Uh, as it turned out, that was the only compensatory pick that the Carolina Panthers selected. So they now will have a total of seven picks, essentially back to their original number of seven picks, as they now have... Obviously, the 16th overall pick in the first round. They have their pick in the second round, which is number 47 overall. Now they have two picks in the third round, number 77 overall and number 100. They have number 115 overall. That's in the fourth round. Number 154. That's in the fifth round. And then number 187. That's in the sixth round. So they have all their original picks except their seventh round pick. Remember, they traded that to the Bills in 2017. So they have their original picks in each of the first six rounds, plus now a compensatory pick in round three. So seven picks overall, four picks in the top 100. So a little bit of ammo now to work with. Now that we... Now that we officially know the the full order, and interestingly enough, you know things can change obviously because of the now that you can trade compens trade compensatory picks. Excuse me.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. But as it stands now, the draft will begin with the Arizona Cardinals at number one overall. And it will end with the Carolina Panthers. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, not the Panthers. Let me start. It will begin with the Arizona Cardinals at number one overall, and it will end with the Arizona Cardinals at number 254 overall. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, you know, Billy, why why 254? Isn't it usually 250, 256? I mean, I'm usually seeing the last pick is number 256. Well, normally you're right. It is 256, but this year... It's 254 because two teams forfeited their picks in this year's draft because they effectively used those picks in the supplemental draft last summer, that being the New York Giants in the third round and the Washington Redskins in the sixth round. Uh, Just looking that up real quick. That was when the Giants took Sam Beal in the third round, which, if you remember, was a, a player that a lot of people were pretty intrigued by coming out of Western Michigan. Giants took him in round three, and then in round six, the Redskins took Virginia Tech cornerback Adonis Alexander. So because they used those picks in the supplemental draft, you again, it's, it's, al- it's almost like getting a like getting an advance on those draft picks, if you will, if you would. So, uh, so the Giants and Redskins don't have those respective picks. Uh, so again, they are they effectively disappear and effectively take away now from the the entire draft order. So that's why this year there will be 254 picks in the NFL draft as opposed to 256. So with all that rambling in mind, let's wrap up our salary cap breakdown and look at the final positions. We will look at the defensive backs. We'll start with the cornerbacks. And if you look at SpotRack, they have a good number of cornerbacks listed, uh, but not a lot of money invested into the cornerback position. The highest cap hit right now at the cornerback position is Captain Munderland, set to count just $5 million against the cap. That's only about a little over two and a half percent of the total cap. Uh, Munderland does have two years left on his contract. Uh, He's set to make 2.9 million in base salary this year, plus his one and a half million dollar prorated signing bonus charge, a $500,000 roster bonus and a $100,000 workout bonus. So that's a total cap hit of $5 million. They can, if they want to, move on from him this year and save $2 million in cap space. 
And then 2020, if he's on the Panthers, he's set to make $3.4 million in base salary, plus $1.5 million signing bonus charge, plus the same roster and workout bonus. So that would be a $5.5 million cap hit. But they could cut him before the year and would save $4 million against the cap. But again, uh, $2 million they would save if they were to cut him this year. Effectively because of the uh, $1.5 million signing bonus in each of the next two years. That would accelerate into this year. Um, we, we know Motherland played pretty decently. Uh, you know, wouldn't be surprising if he becomes kind of a cap casualty. Also wouldn't be surprising if they keep him as kind of that veteran presence. Uh, there's been talk as to whether the Panthers really need a corner. Uh, we know Dante Jackson played very effectively as a rookie. Uh, James Bradbury was a little up and down. So, you know, maybe, maybe they keep Munderland. As uh, as the nickelback again, because he was pretty effective in that role. Uh, Ross Cockrell actually is the is next on the list as far as the cap hits go. Set to count three point eight million dollars, which is less less than two percent of the salary cap. So again, not a lot of money invested in the cornerback position. And uh, remember, it was only a two year contract that Cockrell signed before last year. So he's entering the final year of his contract set to make a base salary of $2.3 million signing bonus of 1.2 million and a workout bonus of a hundred thousand. Uh, he also has, uh, that workout bonus or rather he also has a 2019 per game active bonus of $25,000. So 400,000 total, Zero likely to be earned since, you know, there's there's certainly no guarantee Cockrell will be around here, especially after missing all of last season. Uh, so right now the Panthers could cut Cockrell and it would save $2.4 million in cap space as the only uh, dead cap they would have against him would be that signing bonus, that signing bonus charge of $1.2 million. Uh, so again, saving almost two and a half million. Think there's a good chance you're going to see Cockrell shown the door at some point during the during the soft season. Uh, James Bradbury, about one and a quarter million, counting against the cap this year. Uh, he is also entering a contract year. This is the last year of his rookie contract, actually. Uh, base salary of just nine hundred ninety thousand dollars. Signing bonus charge of about two hundred seventy thousand. So cap hit of about $1.26 million. Uh, I mean, they would save almost a million if they cut him. Though I think they're going to, I would imagine they're going to just ride out the contract with him. Uh, he is still the best option right now at the opposite cornerback position of Dante Jackson. So unless they find a major improvement, Bradbury is going to stick around. Uh, and speaking of Dante Jackson... Obviously, he's not going anywhere anytime soon, but look at the rest of his numbers on his contract. Uh, his base salary this year is about $698,000. Signing bonus charge of about $395,000, so a total cap hit of about $1.09 million. And, you know, besides, they would lose money anyway if they were to cut him. The dead cap would be about 
1.9 million because all that signing bonus money plus his salary this year is already guaranteed. So that's what it would count as. Uh, but again, it's not like he's not like he's going anywhere going anywhere anytime soon. He's one of the best, if not the best, defensive back for the Panthers in 2018. And obviously the rest of the numbers are your your backup guys with small numbers. Lorenzo Doss, eight hundred five thousand, Kevon Seymour, seven hundred twenty thousand, Corn Elder, about seven hundred fourteen thousand, and then you've got some and then Cole Luke and Josh Thornton, four hundred ninety five thousand, but right now wouldn't count against the salary cap because of the top fifty one role. Uh, but of course, if they are on the roster in the regular season, they would count obviously. But right right now, they don't because they're below that top fifty one threshold. We look at the safety position. Remember, we the Panthers had just signed Eric Reed to a new three year deal, and it looks like Spot Rack has the numbers up. They they do uh, three year contract though. It almost could turn into just a one-year deal. There's because a lot of the guaranteed money, and we kind of talked about this quick before, but now that we see the numbers here, uh, a lot of the guaranteed money is in year one. Uh, he did get nine mil, a nine million dollar, or he, he's getting nine million dollars guaranteed, I should say, at signing, plus a one million dollar injury guarantee for 2020. Uh, but that nine million dollars, of course, was his seven million or seven and a half million dollar signing bonus, as well as his base salary this year of one and a half million dollars. So, one and a half million this year, plus a two and a half million dollar signing bonus charge, plus a roster bonus of four hundred six thousand two hundred fifty dollars, as well as. He also has a per-game active bonus this year of $31,250, which, and they also they also have $500,000 in 13 LTBE, which is likely to be earned, because we know Reed is going to play, a, is obviously going to play a good portion of the, of the uh, good portion of the season, I should say. And that's where the roster bonus comes from. I guess they figure 406000 since they mark 13 likely to be earned. Because if you do quick math, 13 times 31250 is 406250 So if he's active in all 16 games, that would equal $500,000. And his cap hit then would effectively become $4.5 million. The rest of the contract... Uh, his base salary is about four and a half million, a little over four and a half million in 2020, plus the signing cap charge of or the signing bonus charge of two and a half million, six hundred forty thousand roster bonus, as his per game active bonus would be forty thousand dollars per game, so that would total six hundred forty thousand if he plays all sixteen games, plus a workout bonus of three hundred thousand dollars. So his total cap hit. Right now for 2020 is eight million dollars, and it would leave five million in dead cap if they were to cut him in 2020. Though it would save three million in salary cap space. And in 2021, 
He's set to make six million in base salary, uh, two and a half million dollar signing bonus charge, seven hundred fifty thousand dollar roster bonus, which is a per game active bonus of forty six thousand eight hundred seventy five dollars per game, and the same three hundred thousand dollar workout. So his cap hit for twenty twenty one is set right now at nine point five five million, but the only number that's guaranteed. Is the is the cap charge for the signing cap or for, for the signing bonus? I keep saying mixing up salary cap, uh, but so they could keep him maybe through twenty twenty, uh, but twenty twenty one is a possibility that becomes a cap casualty uh, with all the money with the money that they could save, you know, very little that's guaranteed uh, because they would save actually about $7 million in cap space if they were to cut Reed in 2021. Uh, but for now, like I said, his cap hit is about $4.4 million. Could get up to about $4.5 million based on his roster bonus. And that right now is effectively where all... And even still at that, $4.4 million as his cap hit for this year means he only counts about two and a quarter percent of the salary cap. Uh, next highest is actually Denor Searcy, who's set to count two and a half million against the cap as his numbers for 2019, which is a contract year for him as well. $1.6 million base salary signing cap bonus signing bonus charge. <laughs> I will get that right one day. Uh, might as well say signing bonus six hundred fifty thousand dollars, roster bonus of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and they figure that because his per game active bonus, or he is a per game active bonus as well of seventy five thousand dollars per game, which would actually total one point two million dollars. But right now they're projecting two of those games to actually be earned, so that's how they figure just the. $150,000 as last year it looks like he only got $50,000 for being in two games before of course going down with the concussion uh, and he also has a $100,000 workout bonus for a total cap hit of $2.5 million but they can cut him before the season and it would save the it would save almost one point about $1.9 million. Uh, they would save the $1.6 in the base salary plus the $250,000 in the roster and workout bonuses. So about $1.85 million they would save if they cut Searcy. Uh, you know, coming off the concussion and the improved play of Rashawn Galden, wouldn't be surprising if Searcy ends up being cut. Uh, and then the rest of the safeties, again, speaking of Rashawn Galden, uh, $837,000 cap hit for 2019. Of course, like James Bradbury, second year of his rookie contract, he'll make about $595,000 this year. Signing bonus charge of two, about $212,000 plus a workout bonus of $30,000. And then his base salary is increased to six hundred eighty-seven thousand and seven hundred fifty thousand in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty-one. 
before being a free agent in 2022, unless obviously the Panthers resign him. That's down the line. And then Kai Nakua, 570,000. Damian Parms, 570,000. Currently count against the cap. Quinn Blanding's number, 495,000, currently does not count against the cap. So, like, like I said, not really a lot of money currently invested into the cornerback position or in, into the defensive back position, I should say, even counting the safeties. But that's okay. I mean, we saw. We saw the play was pretty good, especially Dante Jackson, you know, and that's what you like to see. Rookie players come in and make an impact. It allows you a lot of production for a very small amount. Um, you know, are they going to go out and get someone in the free agent market for some money? I don't know. You know, I, I could see them going after a cheap veteran at the cornerback position to maybe provide competition. A little more competition for James Bradbury, but other than that, I, I don't think it's a, a huge need. You know, I don't think they need to spend a first round pick on a cornerback, and they probably don't need to spend a first round pick on a safety either. So I think they're okay, especially with Eric Reed back in tow, and like I said, the improved play as the year went on of Golden. And then to wrap things up, we will look at the specialist. Uh, Graham Gano set to count almost 3.7 million in salary cap in 2019. Remember, this is year two of his four-year contract that he signed last March. He'll, he'll have a base salary of about 1.95 million, signing bonus charge of 1.57 million. $150,000 roster bonus, which also breaks down to those per game active bonus of $12,500 per, so that can max out to $200,000 plus a workout bonus of $50,000. So that brings his cap hit to $3,6875 million, $3,687,500. Million uh, 2020 base salary. Effectively, the numbers stay the same except for the base salary. So, base salary goes to 2.75 million in 2020. Total cap hit of about 4.53 million. Uh, they would save about a million and a half if they cut him in 2020. And then if he's around in 2021, when he'd be 34 years old, three and a half million dollar base salary. Total cap hit of about 5.28 million dollars, but they would save about three and a half. They would save that three and a half million, actually a little more than three and a half million, if they were to cut him in 2021. So that's Gano's numbers. Um, obviously, you know you won't. I don't think you'll see him gone for a while. It would actually cost them money if they cut him. Uh, Michael Pilardi, the punter, cap hit of 1.4 million this year. That's only about 0.73 million or 0.73 percent of the cap. As he said, to make just eight hundred thousand dollars in base salary, plus a signing bonus of five hundred thousand dollars and a one hundred thousand dollar workout bonus. Twenty twenty, his base salary jumps to one point eight four million, five hundred thousand dollars signing bonus, plus he'll also make ten thousand dollars as a roster bonus for each game he is active. Workout bonus of a hundred thousand dollars. So his total cap hit would max out at $2.6 million. 
And then 2021, $2.18 million base salary, $500,000 signing bonus. Similar per game roster bonus, but it jumps to $15,000 per. So that would max out at $240,000. $100,000 workouts for a total cap hit of $3.02 million. But only the salary cap charge is guaranteed. So if he's around in 2021 and they cut him, they would save $2.5 million. And that it, that's it. That pretty much wraps up. We've, we've effectively looked have looked at all the players now and their current their current salary cap charges for 2019. So a nice little tie-in or a nice little lead into free agency where the Panthers of course have quite a bit of players that are set to be free agents. And obviously we'll dig a little more deep. Uh, but just real quick to run through the free agents, 26 of them to be exact. Ryan Khalil, though we he's already said he's going to retire, so we expect to lose him. Thomas Davis, we know he's pretty much gone. Mike Adams, Marshall Newhouse. Uh, actually, Eric Reed is still on this list. They haven't updated this list, so it's actually 25 free agents now, now that uh, Eric Reed is back in the mix. Devin Funches, Wes Horton, Fozzie Whitaker, Colin Jones, Kyle Love, Chris Clark, Amini Silatolu, Ben Jacobs, Kenyon Barner, and uh, just real quick, because obviously there was a little bit of news on Ben Jacobs, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's the one we just talked about that uh, he was released one day and joined the coaching staff the next day. So you could take him off the list, so that leaves 24. Uh, Kenyon Barner, Travaris Cadet, Chandler Catanzaro, Daryl Williams, Taylor Heineke, Demir Bird, David Mayo, Cameron Artis Payne, Jared Norris, Brian Cox, Garrett Gilbert, Jamal Jones, and Elijah Hood. Those are currently the free agents for the for the Carolina Panthers. Of those 24, 20. What, 20, trying to figure out my math here, 26 from 5 is 21, and then you take out Jacobs and Reed, that would leave 19. So 19 Panthers are unrestricted free agents, one is a restricted free agent, that's Demir Bird, and then four more exclusive rights free agents, Jared Norris, Brian Cox, Jamal Jones, and Elijah Hood. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So that's the list. And we're just a couple weeks away from seeing how many of those players come back. How many go to different teams. And just the free agent frenzy in general so with that we'll wrap it up here as always thanks so much for 
tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Setti. That's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Follow the podcast just about wherever you listen to your your favorite podcast. They're all over the place. Uh, and of course, if you have a smart speaker, you can tell your smart speaker to play these podcasts as well, whether it's at home or in your car. So until next time, have a good weekend. Take care of yourselves and each other, as Jerry Springer would famously say. And until next time, I'm out of here, and we'll see you next time right here on LOP. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.